Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. It's not how you start, but how you finish. We are your co-hosts, Solomon and Jamila Jefferson. We want you all to know, no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we've made, we will not allow our past to determine our future. Here today with Dr. Orlando Davis to discuss substance use disorder. So how you doing today, Dr. Davis? Oh, I'm doing fine, just fine today, and thanks for having me. Good to hear that. Can you briefly share a little about yourself personally and professionally? I'm from Milford, Delaware. I'm a psychiatrist. Uh, I've been a psychiatrist for about 35 years in Maryland, primarily the Baltimore area, and I've treated and I continue to treat people with mental health and substance abuse problems. Can you define for our audience the definition of substance use disorder? We get our definitions of substance abuse disorder from a book that we use called the DSM-5. And the DSM-5 has specific criteria for substance abuse. Just to describe it briefly to hit the major points, It's any substance, alcohol, drugs, taken in larger amounts over a longer period of time than the person originally intended. When you're involved with the substance, if you're purposefully trying to cut down on it, is also a sign. If you spend a lot of time in activities to get the substance, that's a sign also. Or if you spend a lot of time trying to recover from the effects of the substance, that's a sign also. Craving the substance and having a strong desire for it indicates is substance abuse or maybe substance abuse going on. When it starts to interfere and make you not able to fulfill your major obligations like work obligations, school obligations, or home and family obligations. This is considered another sign of substance abuse. When you use the substance despite having social consequences and problems or interpersonal problems with your family and so forth, and when these problems are even made worse by you using the substance, that can be a sign of substance abuse. When your recreational activities are interfered with, when it's involved with physically hazardous types of situations like driving under the influence. And finally, when you use it despite having physical consequences or when your body actually develops tolerance, which we define as you need more of the substance to get the same effect, or when you don't have the substance anymore and your body goes through withdrawal. We put together two, any two of these signs that are with a person for a year indicates a diagnosis of substance abuse. Thank you very much for that. How does substance use disorder impact a person's family and themselves? How substance abuse um, has impacted families, and I can say how it has impacted my family. I've had a number of family members who were involved with substance abuse. The substance happened to be alcohol. I've also treated a number of people with substance abuse, and that substance had been has been primarily opiates, uh, heroin, things of that nature, cocaine, things like that. In my own experiences, the substance led to the physical problems in my family members, and those physical problems, alcohol, 
uh, causes certain physical problems, like you're bleeding somehow. Sometimes is not you're not able to control it, so you might have some internal bleeding, or you might not take care of your physical health, like taking care of your blood pressure. And as a result, there might be some bleeding related to uh, blood pressure. So that had been my involvement. So it has takes our loved ones away, you know, sooner than we would like. That seems to me to be in addition to all the other life effects, the things that it takes you away from. It takes you away from this world sooner than you'd like to be. Let me ask you this. Based on your professional experience, what can you share that's been the greatest challenge at those you serve in this area? The greatest challenge has been having the community embrace substance abuse treatment and mental health treatment and to have the greater medical community embrace treatment as well. We know that treatment works. We know that getting treatment to as many people as possible is helpful to people individually and to us as a community of people and to us as a society and a country. But some communities and some people would prefer not to have substance abuse treatment located near them. And why is this? Uh, This is because with substance abuse, there is a lot of activity and time spent getting the substance. And sometimes this activity that is engaged in getting the substance is not legal activity. Sometimes it's dangerous activity. Sometimes it's loud activity, loud as, as in wearing loud clothes Uh, having music turned up uh, very loud and sort of being bold, especially when getting the substance and then being under the influence of the substance. So for this reason, people generally don't want substance abuse treatment or services around. They say it's okay to do the treatment, but just don't do it in my neighborhood. Don't do it near me. And so that's probably the biggest challenge when you're doing substance abuse treatment and the biggest challenge that I've faced over my 35 years of practice. I can very much identify with that because I remember years ago, growing up in my community, substance use was over rapid. I mean, uncles, cousins, nieces, nephews, children, you name it, they was addicted. But during my era, it was crack, cocaine. And unfortunately for myself, I became victim of it. And as far as getting the treatment itself, you're right. My community didn't mind you going somewhere else getting the treatment, but they did not want that in their community. And you was also right that it does cause people to do illegal activities because during that era, people was doing everything they possibly can to support their addiction, which is very unfortunate. Jamila, do you have anything you want to share about substance use disorder? Yes. So thank you, Dr. Davis. We thank the Lord for you. Give God the glory for this opportunity. I definitely can relate as well to having family members impacted by substance use disorder, particularly alcoholism as well. And from what I understand, 
understood based on the literature and research that having an addiction or be using a substance that's abusive in which you explain is like a chronic illness, diabetes or hypertension or asthma. And so treatment is needed. As you mentioned, when I used to intern, I was in graduate school for nursing and I interned at an organization called My Sister's Place that served women that were impacted by drug addiction and it allowed them to be able to have their children with them, which was a blessing. And they were partnered with the large hospital organization. Also, another area that I really thank God for learning about is the um, adult and teen challenge. I thank the Lord for like their organization being able to be exposed to them and learn about them. They're all over worldwide. And what I like about their organization is they talk about the Jesus factor and how having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is very important because when I think about this issue, it brings to mind the scripture that stands out to me in John chapter 4, verses 13 through 14 from the New Living Translation. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. Verse 14, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And basically what that means is that you receive a drink from Jesus. Of course, you won't have to come back for another. His living water becomes its own everlasting wellness. Like you won't thirst no more. At the end of the day, being addicted to a substance, I have grace and compassion for those because sometimes it's caused by genetics, environment, trauma, a lot of different compounding factors. But it is a blessing when they're able to get the help and the support that they need from like community, from family, from church, you know, based organizations and supports and thank God where we worship. They do have a support group for those impacted by that. Dr. Davis, what are some practical tools, resources or scriptures for those impacted by substance abuse can you give today? Faith is extremely important and it's a part of the recovery model, as we know with our experiences with the successful 12-step programs, that the higher power, the almighty, the reliance upon that is extremely important. The uh, scripture that uh, comes to my mind is, I believe it's in John chapter 5, and it's when the man was at the well and had been there for a long time, probably about 39 years. Basically, he said he couldn't get himself well. And uh, Jesus asked him, uh, do you want to be made well? Uh, This is critical because we all have one challenge or another. I think that concept of chronic disease is exactly correct. I have uh, diabetes and I know that the temptation of the diabetic is the eating and the sugar and the candy and the cake. And so this is really no different than the physical addiction to alcohol, the addiction that crack cocaine and cocaine can create uh, once you've used something like that once, cigarettes, heroin, pills. So these are chronic diseases. So they don't just go 
away and we have to be vigilant every day. I think if I had to say anything to people about this is that we have to be vigilant every day to do things that help us to live as opposed to doing things that make us more quickly to die. And it's an everyday struggle, an everyday battle, an everyday choice in making that choice and making those correct choices, we have to acknowledge that we are up against a formidable enemy. And however you want to name the formidable enemy, if it's uh, Satan, if it's uh, addiction, if it's cakes and pies, if it's dope and coke, if it's gin and juice, whatever way we want to name it, I always tell people, respect your opponent. And we are up against this opponent. And the respect means never let your guard down because it is constantly tempting to exert its will. And its will is to kill you. Now, you may be happy or high on the way to that. And I may be enjoying cakes and pie on my way to that. But the end of the day, we're dead. And so we have to be aware of what we're up against to respect it. I, I've seen some people I treated They were younger in this and they got some treatment, I believe, strongly in medication assisted treatment, as well as faith based treatment, as well as abstinence based treatment. And these are stages. So many of the people I see need medication to help them get better. So methadone, buprenorphine, uh, Vivitrol, naloxone for alcohol and abuse, things of this nature to help them cross the bridge. But some of the people, they'll start in treatment and they'll say after a week or two, I got this beat. I can just, you know, I don't need to do medicine. I don't need to come for treatment. They go back out and they get hit by the enemy again. And sometimes they don't make it back alive. So I just say we need to respect ourselves and respect what we're up against. And we're all up against the same enemy and we're all up against something. It may look different, but these are all chronic diseases. Amen. And to add to that, what comes to mind, the scripture is John 10, 10. Um, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So, you know, Jesus came to give us life and to give it that much in abundance. And like you said, the struggle is real, but greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. First John for a force. So like, just take each day as it comes, each situation as it comes. And Dolan, I heard you mention the word choice. And one thing I can speak for myself is that being a former addict for 21 years with a crack cocaine addiction, until I made up my mind, me personally, not my dad, not my mom, sister, brother, but once I made up my mind that I wanted to change and allow my higher power uh, to come into my life, that's when things start to change. Until then, for those 21 years, I was in, out, up, down, sideways, sideways, all, anything you name, that's what I was. But from November 28th, 1999 to this day, my life has been great because of that one decision, that one choice that I made was that I was tired of disrespecting myself, disrespecting people around me. And I knew that God had a better plan for my life. So it sounds like Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So it sounds like you accepted your Lord and Savior amen, Jesus Christ. Amen. And nothing changed until I made that conscious decision. Because the first step tells you, the first thing you got to do is admit that you're powerless and your life is unmanageable. Because until you come to that conclusion, 
I'm going to say this before we get ready to close. A lot of people in society think that people want to stay this way. People want to change, but they just don't necessarily have the, the willpower and sometimes the tools. The tools are there, but the first thing you have to do is make a conscious decision that you're tired. And with that said, Dr. Davis, do you have any closing comments? Yes, I want to thank you both for this opportunity to participate in this service, in this joyful work of the Almighty and in this ministry. I'm reminded of a guy, I was in his house visiting him. I was treating him. His wife was in the same room. He pulled me to the side and he said, Dr. Davis, I love heroin. And so that's the nature of the struggle. In the room with his wife, his love is for the substance. So we must fight that, make a decision and not have any idols in our life and decide that we love the Almighty, we love God, we love Christ, we and we love ourselves more than we love heroin, crack cocaine, alcohol, sweets, salts, cigarettes, sin, and so on. That's my closing, and I, I thank you both for this wonderful opportunity in ministry. Thank you very yes, much, Jamita. And, and Dr. Davis, just to add to that, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 from the New Living Translation, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And like you said, when we don't idolize things and we surrender totally and completely and accept our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, then the Lord will and way and Holy Spirit will work through us and guide us and support us along our journey. We're going to have mistakes. We're going to fall short. But God is so faithful and God is so loving. And there's hope after that, because like you said, the other side is death. The other side are consequences that are not so positive that can really impact others, family, all the things you had mentioned. So we just thank God and give God the glory for you being our guest today and really doing an excellent job with what it is that you shared. And we thank God for your role in your profession, continuing to serve those impacted by this issue. And I want to say in my closing comments to those who are listening, that oftentimes you have to change people, places, and things. Because the scripture that I want to highlight in the first Corinthians 15.33 do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And what that means is oftentimes I feel myself victimized of that. Sometimes you have the right mindset to do the right things, but you're in the wrong place. And the wrong place sometimes can suck you right up and have you back to where you was or sometimes even worse. So with that said, uh, Dr. Davis, we want to thank you for your time. And we just pray that God continue to bless you, your ministry, and your profession. Thank you. Thank you both very much. Take care. So no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we have made, it does not define who we are or where we are going. It is just a part of our story and the journey that God has us on to not only learn from these different experiences, but to sometimes be able to help support, encourage, and inspire others who may be going through similar situations. My husband and I have learned this to be true because of our different life experiences, which have led us in wanting to continue to share our story along with others to know it is not how you start, but how you finish.